Welcome to From the Pulpit, the sermon podcast of St. Matthias Anglican Church in Katy, Texas. Today's sermon was delivered by Father Jason Grote. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. A woman was in the backyard hanging the laundry when an old, tired-looking dog wandered into her yard. And she could tell from his collar and his well-fed belly that he did have a home. But when she walked into the house, the dog followed her, sauntered down the hall, and fell asleep in a corner. An hour later, he went to the door, he whined, and she let him out. The next day, he came back again. He resumed his position in the hallway, and he slept for about an hour or so. And this continued on for several days. Curious about the dog, she finally pinned a note to his collar, and she wrote, Every afternoon, your dog comes to my house for a nap. The next day, the dog arrived as usual, but with a different note pinned to his collar. The owner had written, He lives in a home with ten children. He's trying to catch up on his sleep, and I may not be far behind. (laughs) Sometimes we need a breather, don't we? A moment away to regain our wits, to replenish our strength, and to release our stress. For some, it might be something like the golf course. For some, it might be shopping. For some, it might be exercising. For others, it's just simply going into a quiet room and shutting the world behind. Spiritually, the framers of our lectionary understood that we need this same break during the Lenten season. So we have this Sunday, the fourth Sunday in Lent, what we often call Refreshment Sunday. It's a transition week between the self-focus and the self-denial aspects and teachings of the previous Lenten weeks and the next Sunday when we begin to look with earnest towards the passion and the cross of Jesus Christ. Today is a Sunday when we hear lessons not about exorcisms and fastings and godly versus fleshly behavior or the old man and the new man, but rather about being the children of promise of having freedom and liberty, of reclining in green pastures, and of being fed at the hand of Jesus. In our gospel lesson from John chapter 6, we find Jesus with the same desire for a break that we experience. It was the time of the Passover, which meant many were traveling to Jerusalem. They were coming with only the necessary animals for sacrifice. They didn't have all their cookware, They didn't have all the food from their pantries. Their trek was sort of a hand-to-mouth journey, and they relied on people to feed them and host them along the way. Yet on this particular exodus, they ran across the person of Jesus and his disciples. Jesus was out in the surrounding towns, healing and teaching. According to Mark and Luke, Jesus had also given the disciples power to heal and to teach. So they too went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. And Jesus' name was beginning to receive notoriety. People were talking about him, and everyone wanted to see him. Heal this, 
Heal that, Jesus. Tell us more, Jesus, were the chants that constantly barraged him. As a matter of fact, because of what he was doing, they wanted to make him a king. And now that it was the time of the Passover, the crowds were even larger than normal. Mark records that the disciples and Jesus didn't even have enough time to eat themselves because of the people. So Jesus recognizes a need for a break. A time to eat, time to rest. He says to his disciples, come ye yourselves into a desert place and rest a while. So they entered a ship, crossed the waters, and entered the mountainside of a town called Bethsaida. Bethsaida was a small fishing town, and its name meant House of Fish. And it was home to Philip, to Andrew, to Peter, the first two windows over there. It was here that they would try to rest and eat. But the people, seeing that they went away, followed on foot and entreated Jesus to heal them. It was a long afternoon for Jesus and the disciples, so much so that when the sun began to sink, the people were still gathered on that mountainside. And this was a concern for the disciples. The people still had to get back to town. They needed to find places to stay food to eat. Philip and the others from the town knew that this would be a chore. Their town would be overrun, and it couldn't possibly pay host to all of these people. So they suggested that Jesus make the people leave so that they could disperse to various towns and lessen the burden on that one small town. They also knew that when people's stomachs are empty, tempers tend to flare. Thousands of people all with empty stomachs, well, that might and probably would lead to a riot. But Jesus, needing refreshment himself, and seeing the weariness of the people and his disciples, decides to feed the people himself. The problem was there wasn't enough food. Philip knew that they didn't have enough money to buy enough food. He also knew that within Bethsaida, there wasn't enough food supply, even if they had the money. I mean, our response would be like Philip's. And my account-minded type of personality would say, well, send the people away. We just don't have enough money for that. But that's not what happened with Jesus. We know what happened. Christ said, have the men sit down and distribute the food amongst them. Like we just sang for our sermon hymn, which embodied the 23rd Psalm, the picture in our gospel lesson is of this great shepherd, a shepherd leading his sheep to green pastures. There Christ cared for his people by making more than enough for everyone. It was getting later in the evening, what was known as the cool of the day. There Christ reclined with them. His presence was before them, and he ate the same food with them. I mean, this is a picture of the very beginning. When man had the ultimate relationship with God, after Adam and Eve had sinned, we learned something about that God-man relationship that existed. We're told that God came walking in the, the cool of the day to find Adam in the garden. We're also told that Adam and Eve hid themselves because they were naked. And this tells us, and we can infer from this after the fall, that there was an intimate fellowship between God and his creation before the fall. After tending to the garden and fulfilling God's command, there will be a time 
to come back, a time of communion and refreshment with God. There were no barriers. There was no shame of being in God's presence. And this is what happened between Christ and his people on that mountainside. In the cool of the day, when the body and the soul grew hungry, our incarnate God sat down and communed with those who sought him. It was a meal of relationship and fellowship in an intimate way. That meal was not and is not limited to those who sat before him in Bethsaida, though. It's extended to us in the ultimate meal of relationship, the Lord's Supper. The Passover meal was the covenantal meal. It was where the, the people said, all that you command, we will do. And it's where God said, I will be your God and you will be my people. Christ, our Passover lamb, is sacrificed for us. That's what we're getting ready to celebrate anew in a couple of weeks. The blood he shed and the body that he offered was the atoning work which restored our relationship with God. And on the night that he was betrayed, as he celebrated the Passover, he followed in like manner of this miracle. He reclined with his disciples. He took bread and he took wine and he declared, this is my body. This is my blood of the new covenant. With those words, he applied and connected his sacrificial work to the elements of bread and wine. Friends, what we eat is not normal bread and wine here. It is the body and the blood of Christ. Christ said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The meal of which we partake is not to satisfy the body. It's to satisfy the soul. It's a meal of relationship wherein we commune with Christ himself in the presence of the Father. As Christ said, he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. We cannot get much more intimate than that. So in times when we need to get away when we need to take a break like the dog in the introduction, we need not go any further than the house of God. Herein, we have a table at which we can recline. Here, we have Christ to feed us. Here, we can find rest. When Christ said the words that I repeat every week, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavily burdened, and I will refresh you, Christ meant it. So, beloved, come, taste and see that the Lord is indeed good. Amen. We pray that God's Spirit has spoken to you and blessed you today through this sermon. If you would like to learn more about St. Matthias Anglican Church, you can visit us on the web at www.stm.com. K-A-T-Y dot org.